Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Noctis Point, Chapter 2. In a daze, Alex stumbled through the streets of the Dimlands. A distant part of him knew that this was dangerous. People walked through the Dimlands with their wits about them, or they lost their wallets, their dignity, or their lives, sometimes all three. Someone barged into him, knocking him off balance. Watch it, scrub, the person said. A woman, low-cut, stringy top, cheap perfume and the stale smell of cigarettes, almost hiding a strange, musty smell. And then she was gone. The whine of a P.O. patrol sounded in the distance, too far away to shine a light on the grim streets. Alex stopped to look at himself in a shop window, starburst shatter mark huge across its centre. It showed him a short, teenaged boy, pale-faced, brown hair filled with plaster dust. The first ghosting of stubble peppered his upper lip, forming a shaky moustache. Speckles of blood on his cheeks, more hollow than usual. Alex wiped away some of the caked-on dust, revealing the little mark of protection tattooed on his right cheek. Like three open brackets, it told anyone looking at him that he was under Mother Chen's protection. He tugged at the cuffs of his blue shirt, ripped and stained beyond repair, and checked his cheap plastic watch. Like sunlight filtering down through ash, a thought trickled into his brain. Damn it, he said, looking around. Late again. Bink would kill him. A street sign, battered and scrawled with graffiti, said he was ten minutes away, even at a run. He ran. The streets whipped past a blur of grime and security shutters. Running through the Dimlands was never a good idea. It drew unwanted attention. But he'd been late for lunch too many times this week already, so he put his head down and got into his stride. As he wheeled around a corner into a thin, cobbled alleyway, his breath caught in his throat. Not again. A man as wide as he was tall, holding someone against the wall up ahead, a knife glinting in his hand. Alex skidded to a halt. The man turned, his bald head covered in tattoo vids that danced and strobed in the gloom. Kid, he said, his voice auto-tuned to a bass burr. Get lost. Alex backed away slowly. The victim looked familiar, and Alex peered closer. Suddenly he recognised him. You were at the explosion, he murmured. The man who'd helped him to his feet. I said, get lost, the attacker said, taking a half step and raising the knife. They were still metres apart, but heavy fear rooted Alex to the spot. The young man turned, twisting against the tight grip on his collar. He spotted Alex. Hey! He said, then shouted, Hey! Help! He let out a strangled yelp as the giant fist holding him tightened, and Alex turned and ran. Back out into the relative safety of the main street, Alex picked up the pace again, trying not to think about what he'd just witnessed. Hopefully just a shakedown. The Cyber Tribe controlled most of the blocks for a few miles around, and they didn't tend towards killing. Usually. Maud's cafe came into view and Alex slowed down. Sweat was beading on his brow and his thighs were aching, but at least he felt less like vomiting now. 
He pushed open the glass door of the little greasy spoon and walked straight over to their usual table, weaving his way between diners. Most of them were heavy cargo pilots and the smell of fried bread, hash brown, sausage and bacon wafted up to him, tantalising. The radio was blaring ancient rock songs. Bink was sat on one of the plastic scoop chairs, her elbows on the pitted tabletop, a disapproving look on her face that quickly melted into one of shock. Alex, she shouted, leaping to her feet. What happened? Explosion, he said. A bomb, a terrorist attack at the comm centre over east side. Some spiders and a few humans. They... He swallowed dryly. I'm going to get a drink, okay? As Alex waited for the surly woman behind the counter to give him back his cred chip, he looked out of the big window. Small hover skimmers mixed in with the occasional vintage wheeled car drove past, and everywhere people were walking, just passing through. A man with vacant eyes was dancing to a tune only he could hear, his long green coat ragged. Two silk-robed men leant against an old lamppost, watching as a third quietly sold drugs from a battered suitcase, almost out of view of the street. Alex shook his head. The Dimlands was a scummy place to live, but there was something weirdly comfortable about it. A large vehicle drove past, covered in advids for the upcoming army officer elections, and Alex pointed it out to Bink as he sat down. Who authorised that slogan, he said. Don't be blithe, vote for Slythe. What does blithe even mean? Alex! Bink tapped his arm and huffed. You look like hell, man. What happened? Don't keep me in suspense. Alex cracked open his can and took a swig. I told you, there was a terrorist attack at the comms centre. Spiders, people. The PO came and rounded them up. He shook his head. They're just as powerful as we see on the newscasts, but Bink, it was so much more real than that. Like... He cast around for the words, then shrugged. What they do on the casts is cleaner. This was dirty. He shuddered. The blood on you. Is it yours? A little bit of it, Alex said, then cringed. Not all. You better get cleaned up, Bink said. I want all the details. The newscast will probably only tell half of it. Alex began to talk, and the more he talked, the more normal it felt. Bink listened, her eyes wide, sipping from a tall glass of lemonade. When he was finished, she took a deep breath and let it out slowly. That's... That's so cool! I mean, because you're okay and everything. She frowned. What about the job? Any luck? Alex paused, halfway through taking another sip. Condensation dripped off the can, making a damp patch on his black trousers. Uh, no, he said. No, I won't be taking that job. Why not? Wait, they offered you a job? Their food arrived, plonked down and served on mismatching plastic plates. Alex carved a chunk out of a flat omelette, letting plastic cheese and chunks of blood-red chorizo ooze out onto the plate. Yeah, well, this was the one Mother Chen specifically put under my nose, Alex said. Turns out she doesn't exactly pay protection to the Rainbow Dragons. She's in a bit deeper than that. Basically, the little shop next to the comm centre is a front for their drugs and weaponry laundering. They weren't even shy about it. They just took me out to the back and showed me the operation. Some stuff there I didn't recognise. PO registered weapons, six sticks, even a half-light railgun. They started pushing a gun at me. Alex shook his head, disgust tugging at his features. 
They wanted me to do a job. He caught her gaze. That kind of job. I told them no. Alex, you turned down a job? They wanted me to kill someone. I'm not doing that. I'm not getting into the gangs. Someday soon, I'm going to have a real job and real money, and then you and me, we're getting out of here. He took a sip of his drink, paused, and then began to chuckle. Alex? What? What is it? Alex put his drink down and wiped a tear from his eye. Actually, I won't be taking the job mainly because the satellite dish on top of the comm centre fell on it. It's rubble now. He picked up his fork and jammed another mouthful in, chewing without tasting. I'd be dead if I hadn't backed out of that place so fast, he realised. The thought a sobering one. You've got another one this afternoon, though, Bink said. She picked around the salad on her plate before pushing it to one side. Have you got time to change? You're covered in... stuff. Brick dust and mud. What is that on your cheek? No idea, Alex said, rubbing at his face. I definitely don't have time to go to the home and change. I'll have to find something on the way. He plucked at the stains on his shirt. Can't go to a job interview looking like this. There's a charity shop two streets over, Bink said. They'll probably have something. Got enough left on your allowance? Alex nodded, and they finished their food in silence. What about you, he said finally. You're going to age out in another year too. Thinking about jobs yet? Bink shook her head, beaded black hair rattling slightly. Nope. She grinned and punched his arm lightly. Gonna get fostered before that, man. Who could resist this angelic face? She laced her hands together under her chin and widened her eyes, almost succeeding in looking innocent. Only the little three-crescent tattoo on her cheek marred her perfection. He raised an eyebrow. Can't resist the face. The mind behind it's no angel, though. They laughed quietly together. The sound died away, and Alex felt a weird gulf opening between him and Bink. It was becoming hard to find topics of conversation that weren't about... adult topics, like jobs. Or relationships, Alex thought. The song on the radio changed, something more modern. Oh God, I love this song, Bink said. Elogium. Their last album was awesome. Alex started to nod along to the beat, grinning as Bink mouthed the words. Her head bobbed and weaved, and then she broke off, fixing him with a glare. You've still got my shirt from the last concert. I, uh, you'll get it back, he said. Did you ever get in touch with that guy you met there? Him, she smirked. Never even got his deets. He's just some guy at school, one of the jocks. Alex drained the last of his cola. I'd better be going. Thanks for meeting me here. Just keeping you company while you job hunt. I've got nothing else to do when school's out. They rose and left the cafe. A light rain had started to fall and stood under the small awning in front of Maud's. Alex was in no hurry to move. They stood looking out at it for a moment. The apartment block on the other side of the street had a huge soft screen on the side of it, flickering between adverts for razors, for bigger and thinner soft screens, cheap gym memberships and the results from the Brussels Olympics. On the screen, psych athletes danced back and forth between tall platforms, fighting for ownership as they played locus. The action switched to the archery, and then onto a medal chart. Eastern Territory is in the lead, Alex said absently. We'll be okay, won't we, Alex? Alex looked down at the girl he'd spent most of his life with and nodded. Yeah, we'll be okay. We've got each other, right? 
There was a pause, and Alex wondered if he'd said too much. Then, without any warning, Bink hugged him. It was an awkward hug, his arms pinned to his sides, and she broke it off after an interminable moment, and way too soon. Good luck, she said, then turned and walked away without a backward glance. Thanks, Alex called after her. She waved without turning, and he watched her go. I wish I understood her, he thought. Then he checked his watch and swore, before turning and running off in the opposite direction. You've been listening to chapter two of my novel, Noctis Point. For more writing, both short stories and long, visit stevecookfiction.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. They really do help.